Hey, this podcast is not kid-friendly. So if you don't want your kid to hear about sex and the word shit and all that other stuff, you should probably get them out of the room right now. Everybody has a secret. This is Beyond the Secret, an anonymous podcast where I uncover the truth behind people's deepest secrets. My name is Ace Fanning, and I want to know... What's your secret? So, I'm sitting here, and I don't have the slightest clue what to say. If I'm being honest, I've purposely avoided doing any interviews like this. And it's, it's not because I feel like they don't fit the vibe of this podcast. I want this podcast to be as diversified as possible. But I've avoided it because I didn't know if I had the ability to take on an interview like this. I have no training in giving interviews. So I am winging everything as it is. But I really have no training in how to properly handle such a sensitive topic. But... I think this story is one that needs to be told because if this story helps even just one person, it was so entirely worth it. Life can be really fucking hard. And I think we've all, at one time or another, have probably found ourselves struggling through life. And my biggest purpose in life is to just let people know that they're not alone. No matter how hard life gets, you are not alone. And no matter how much you want to withdraw from everyone around you, you have to speak up. If you're not feeling okay, you have to speak up. Um, I want the world to know how proud I am of this woman for opening up and being so honest about the darkest time in her life because... I know that this wasn't easy for her. And I know that all she wants is the opportunity to help someone else. So I hope you listen to this interview with an open heart because I think this world needs a lot more of that. Here is Secret 10, I Had Postpartum Psychosis. So as someone who has never heard of postpartum psychosis. What exactly is it? Um, postpartum psychosis is basically, for me, it came out of the blue and it can, but it's something that you can't prevent or like avoid it happening to you. It just happens sometimes after you give birth. Um, it's an intense like hormonal change that always happens after you give birth, no matter who you are. But the chemical changes, like things just don't line up correctly, like the channels in your brain that send chemicals to certain parts of your brain, they don't go correctly together again after you give birth because it's such a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I had a traumatic birth at all. It was actually super easy, super quick, like a two-hour labor. So it just was... The, the act of giving birth is traumatic on a woman's body. That is plain and simple. 
the amount of hormones that are rushing through your body when you're creating a human being inside of your own body is intense. And then all of a sudden you take that baby away and I feel like your body is just in complete limbo and it's like, has no idea what to do with all this information. Yeah, no, that is exactly it. But, um, postpartum psychosis, there's hallucinations that are involved. There's mood swings. Uh, there's loss of reality. It's almost like postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, where it's just a chemical change in your body. It's just worse where there's episodes of mania and pretty scary stuff. Typically, how long, like, do you notice the effects of it pretty quickly after you give birth or can it happen like months later? For me, it happened um, months later, but now like going through with my therapist and my doctors and describing my entire journey postpartum, like it started right away with me. I just didn't know it did Mm -hmm. or no one told me that I was different or acting different or thinking different. So I thought it was all normal. So now I know that it started right away, like the signs did, but um, it just wasn't stopped or caught or whatever you want to call it. Well, I feel like it would be hard too, because you're just, it'd be hard to know exactly what's going on because you know, you have this new baby, you're sleeping Mm -hmm. less. You're like, Oh, maybe I'm just tired or exactly. You know, maybe I, maybe I'm just extra crabby because, you know, I'm sleep deprived and I'm breastfeeding. Like there's your body just turns into this like machine after you give birth. I feel like Mm -hmm. I've never given birth, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like it's a lot for anyone to go through. Yes. So then what was the first sign that you realized something was going on? It's really hard for me in my story because it was never caught by a specialist. It was never caught by a doctor or caught by my husband. It wasn't caught by anybody. And I didn't realize what happened to me until after it had already happened. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really stupid because people who have postpartum psychosis, like the only way to treat it is to go to a doctor and to be hospitalized. Now, if I talk to my therapist and tell her what I went through, she's like, oh, my gosh, you should have been in a hospital. I would have put you in the treatment center for at least 60 days. Like it just it was never caught. And I am super I'm like I'm always told that I'm lucky to be alive or that my children are safe. Oh and like, like they did and they didn't get hurt. So like with po- postpartum psychosis and it goes kind of hand in hand with because it can happen with postpartum depression is like this is the stories that you hear on the news of like women drowning their kids or like hurting them or killing themselves. Like it just can like, that's what happens if it's not caught and stuff like that. Had you ever dealt with any sort of like depression, anxiety and stuff before this? Nope. No. So this, this is where my case was more of the out of the blue. And I use that with quotation marks because people that have dealt with depression as a disorder, like they're in life or have, OCD or anxiety and stuff like that throughout their life as a disorder, they tend, they're more likely to have these things. But um, just because that stuff hasn't happened to me or I haven't experienced it doesn't mean that I'm safe from this. So that's why I'm an out of the blue case, as they would say. I wonder if part of the reason that it went uncaught was because of the fact that like, I, I feel like as someone who has struggled with depression and stuff like that, and then, you know, mm-hmm. my wife is someone who's never dealt with any of those sort of feelings. Like I'm very in tune 
with my feelings. And like, I know when I wake up and I know when it's one of those days and like, you know, for my wife, she wakes up, she's probably just like, "Mm, I'm just in a bad mood today. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's probably why part of yours went unnoticed is because you, you're not used to those feelings. Yeah. Like I kept telling my friends that I would talk to and they're like, Oh, how are you doing? Like you have a new baby. Like I have two kids. I had a 20 month old and a newborn. And I was like, Oh, I'm overwhelmed. Like I'm exhausted. And you know, I can't sleep when baby sleeps, which is normally the rule because you have an older child. So I just thought all of the feelings that I was having, I'm like, Oh, well, this is just normal. Cause everyone told me that I'm going to be exhausted and I'm going to be frustrated. And so I just never said anything. Cause I thought all the things that I was feeling or thinking were um, normal. Cause that's what I was told. And and it is, I feel like it is such like a fine line between, you know, what's exhaustion Mm -hmm. and what is something more intense that I need to be aware of. And then because of the society that we live in and everything, I feel like you also deal with the stigma of being like, no, I think something's wrong. And they're just like, you know, you start to probably feel like, no, you're just a baby. Like, you know, this is motherhood. And it's like, no, I think something else is going on. When did you start to realize that it was more than just like, the mommy blues like you're it's more than just Mm -hmm. exhaustion and stuff like that um I think it was probably in December I had my child late summer and it was in December where I was like oh like I feel so out of whack with my body I don't like the things that I'm saying and my infant at the time also had a lot of he just had a lot of digestional issues and he has a lot of sensitivities to food and like he couldn't sleep because he was so uncomfortable and I had no idea that that's why he was in pain or like it was just a lot of crap basically so in December after he was like four four and a half months old I was like what is happening like I don't understand with my body and like how I'm feeling I know I'm not sleeping and even when I sought help for my child so he was sleeping more comfortable now I still wasn't sleeping like I could not sleep or I didn't think I wanted to sleep and and even before this sounds like I'm all over the place I'm sorry about that but no you're fine it was like a week before I like really got help for him so not for me for him because he was crying all night and I think this this is when I had my first um, episode of like mania basically I was crazy um that includes in itself is just like hyperactivity rapid thoughts and this is where the loss of reality happened and so my firstborn was like a huge kid like he grew he gained weight he's always just been a huge baby like he still is as old as he is now he's just on top of the charts and stuff and so my second one was born and he was smaller and I'm explaining this to you because I'm trying to put you in my thought process mm-hmm. and he he was just smaller like he didn't gain as much weight and which whatever he was fine but in my head he wasn't fine he wasn't healthy which he was completely healthy and stuff like that but he wasn't healthy and this is where my loss of reality happened and he wasn't sleeping. And I thought because he was so small that he was sick and he needed to sleep. And if he didn't sleep, like if he slept, that would cause all of our problems. And this is my thought in the first night where I literally went crazy is I thought like, Hey, if I just take my baby and I throw him against the wall and this sounds really bad. I know. 
if I just throw him against the wall, he'll sleep and then he'll wake up and he'll be so much healthier. He'll start growing and he'll be on track. Like, so I got all these rapid thoughts because I used to stay up at night with him because he was crying. And so I would pace the kitchen and just walk around, turn the radio on and like listen to music, you know. And this is when these thoughts started to happen. And I was like, oh my gosh, this makes perfect sense. Like I have to do this. He'll be so much better. And this is um, one of my uh, roommates at the time. Like he didn't have insomnia, but he like when he gets up at night, he has to walk around for a good 30, 45 minutes type Mm -hmm. of thing and then he can go back to bed so he ended up I was like on my way back to the room to do this to my baby just so he would sleep and I was like so on fire for it like like the adrenaline like the feeling um like I just knew it was the right thing to do and I end up going to my bedroom at the time And he walks past me at the same time. He goes, oh, my goodness, you're up with the baby again. Like, I'm so sorry. Let me take the baby. And you can go and sleep. And I said, no, I have this under control. I can do this. Like, I just kind of freaked out. And this is where um, it was just like a total God thing from saving my child from myself. But. I was like, no, I have to do this. Like, I know what to do. I can do this. And he was just persistent, like oddly persistent in this case. He was like, no, give me the baby. And I said, no, no, I have this. He goes, give me the baby. And so he took the baby literally right out of my arms. And I went into my room and I was so mad at him because I had figured out what to do to solve everyone's problems, you know. Um, so he took the baby and he ended up having him for like, like an hour and a half, but then my husband ended up waking up and going back to the baby while I was pacing in the room, freaking out, waiting to get my baby back so I could do what I knew needed to happen to make him sleep at the time. And that was my first episode of, you know, mania or, and my reality wasn't there and I knew that was wrong. And then when my husband went to go get the baby, he was like, just sleep. Like, you're just, you just need to sleep. You've been here just walking around. That's kind of crazy. Just sleep. And I said, okay, okay, okay. So I fell asleep and I woke up like three hours later and I was like, oh my gosh. Like I kind of snapped out of it. And I was like, what is happening to my, to me? Like, why would I ever think that type of thing? Like, that's terrible as a mother. I should never think that way. And that's when I started to turn the pages onto myself and concentrating on me as the problem and how I shouldn't be a mother. And that's when my suicidal thoughts and everything kind of kicked up a notch. So it wasn't ever focused on my children. My children will never hurt. Uh, They were never the focus after that point. It was all me as the problem if that makes sense. No, I get it. Um, First of all, I mean, that just like, that breaks my heart to even hear that story. Um, During that episode, do you feel like there, do you remember, was there a part of you that's saying like, like a little voice in your head or something saying like, hey, 
know, like, why are you thinking that? Or do you feel like you were completely in the moment, completely controlled by those thoughts? I was completely controlled. Like the feeling, like I was just so sure of myself that how could I, I was just so sure. And I remember I'm like, I can't tell my roommate what I wanted to do because normal people don't understand only a mother, like only in my head, do I understand? And that's okay. That's why I couldn't tell anyone or that's why I couldn't tell him and like my brilliant plan to handle everything. And in, and in your head, what you're saying to yourself is like, this is, this isn't going to kill him. This is just going to help heal him. Oh, exactly. Yep. This is going to help heal him. And that's where like the loss of reality and like just takes over. Like there is no reality at that point. Like, like obviously me doing that to him would, would have killed him or could cause severe damage if he was, if he didn't die, you know, he would never be a normal kid. I just think all of a sudden, like all I'm thinking about is all these stories that you hear of these moms who have, you know, hurt, severely hurt or injured or killed their small children. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, this is why, like they, they believe like I, and this sounds sick and twisted and no one else really would get it. But like, I totally have empathy for them not saying that what they did was okay and that they shouldn't be punished. But like, I was one of them. I could have been one of them. And I completely understand where their thoughts were. And I know sometimes that's not the case where they're just evil people in the world. But if they were to talk to a doctor and like a verdict comes back to where they literally was insane. Like I was insane for, you know, that two hours of my life in that episode that I had. Like, I just, I get it. But I think it's weird. It's it's hard to prove something like that because it was for that short period of time where you were feeling like that. And then Uh after that, you realized that it was wrong. And it's like, but how do you explain to someone like, no, in that short amount of time, I truly believed. And I feel like that's why all of these women who have been in that situation, we judge them so hard because we're like, no, you're just a psychopath. Holy shit. Now I feel like I... (laughs) feel bad for ever thinking any of these things. Yeah. But it's all like natural. Like I still feel that way, but then I'm just like, how can I, how could we judge them when we don't know what's going on in their head? Like it's, it's such trickery and, you know, like I still can't get over sometimes like, like I was literally tricked by my own brain. Like it's just by my own body turned on me type of thing. Have you ever talked to your roommate about that night? Nope. I have not. I just think if they didn't catch it in that instant and I don't resent them or anything like that for that, because if it was caught at that point, the next four months of my life would have been, well, I would have been in a hospital, but like it would have been so much more clear and just, I wouldn't have gone through so many things. I I just don't know how they would treat me after that. So. Uh, because of the persistency from your roommate to want to take the baby from you, I, I would be so curious to know if they saw something like in your eyes and they were just like, she, and maybe to them, they just thought completely exhausted, you know, like she's just completely exhausted. Like maybe thinking more like she's going to fall asleep while holding the baby and 
fall on the baby or something like that. Like they probably had no idea the extent of what was going on in your head. But, sure. but I'm with you. Like, I don't talk about this a lot, but I am a Christian and I feel mm-hmm. like that was 100% God's way of saving Protect- you from that situation. Protecting my family. Yeah, for sure. So you wake up the next day after you've had some sleep and you realize that those thoughts were wrong. Yeah, that they were wrong. And it just turns on means to like, why would I ever think this? I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible mom. Da, 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 da. And then after like a week of thinking these things, I honest, I get the idea of, oh, it's because I am not supposed to be a mom anymore. Like I did my part in life into like, bringing these children into the world and I'm crazy and not good at this. So I must remove myself from the situation and I can't leave my children and I can't leave my husband because like, you know, that's a bad thing in society. So I was like, the only way for me to do this and to remove myself from the situation is to kill myself. And I'm like, oh, that makes such perfect sense. Like, this is God's plan for me because I am, um, I read my Bible. I, I attend church. Like, I believe in God and he is my best friend. Like, I talk to him constantly. And through all of this, I was talking to him. And this is where the hallucinations come in because I literally thought I was talking to God, like hearing his voice. Like, I can still remember the sound of it. Talking to me, telling me like, oh my gosh, you're right you're not supposed to be here this was my plan all along for you was to give birth to two children and then leave so that that was the plan like I obviously didn't go through with it I'm still alive today but every night I hardly ever slept even when my child after I sought help for him and figured out his issues and he was sleeping every night I would put him down lay down till my husband fell asleep And then I would get up, take my husband's gun and hold it to my head almost every night. And just think this isn't the right time because uh, the the blast would, the kickback or whatever the sound would wake up my family. That's not fair to do to them because this isn't about them, you know. And I also like wrote letters. Um, I wrote two to my husband and three to each of my children that they were supposed to read just so they would kind of understand because I knew it wouldn't, they wouldn't think it's like fair to them or anything like that. So I wrote letters to them just explaining to them like why I had to do this and why they would be better off and how just like how meant to be and how God told me this was like my plan in life and all this stuff. So I um, would just do that almost every night, trying to find the perfect place and the perfect plan. And then we ended up moving out. So uh, that kind of messed up my plans because my roommates at the time had like this huge place where they had property where I could like shoot myself and my one of my roommates would find me before my husband did. So that way he didn't have to see me. Like the, I thought about everything and I tried to take into consideration my children and 
um, and my husband, just so he wouldn't have to see me. Cause that's, you know, can't be the easiest thing to see. And, um, I was like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. And I'm praying through all of this. I'm going to church through all of this, but like, I just knew like God was telling me that I had to do this. And I, I heard his voice, like, talk to me, be like, no, you're doing the right thing. I also had to add, I go to a woman's Bible study um, once a week and we were reading the book of John and it just is all about like hope and enlightenment in our relationship with God because John was Jesus's best friend and stuff and just about how much God loves for us, God loves us and how he wants nothing but joy for our lives and things like that. And I was like, towards the end, I was like, you know, God wouldn't, he says in his Bible, like his word says that he would never want me to do this. And so I got super conflicted. And I now know that was literally the Holy Spirit over my body, like, like protecting me. Mm -hmm. And that's why it took me so long. And like a month went by where I was like, really wrestling with this. And it was so hard for me. Uh, to not do it because I felt so sure. And I had God's voice in my head telling me to do it. And when I would talk to God, be like, why do I feel so conflicted? And he's like, it's because the world is telling you that this is a bad thing. Like my Christianity like flipped and it turned my world upside down. It's because the world is telling you that, you know, you're not supposed to do this, that it's a bad thing. And, you know, no one understands because killing yourself is selfish, but like, this isn't selfish. I'm doing my plan for God's work. Like, this is my deed. Like, this is my plan that God has mapped out for my life. And he told me to do this and I'm doing the right thing. Like, it's just so crazy to think about. Can I I ask you during those times and when you're sitting there and you're actually holding the gun and all this stuff, are you, and you're writing the letters, are you, because I know that like with manic episodes, like you can get to a point where like, you're not even like crying. You're not really upset. You're just kind of like, you're working and you're doing it. And you, like, you know what I mean? Like, were you, were oh, you yeah. upset? No, I was fine. Yeah. I wasn't upset. Yeah. I was perfectly happy with this reality that was my in my head was my life. And I was like, Oh no, I'm doing the right thing. Like I am a good Christian. I'm doing the deed that God wants me to do. I'm talking to him. Like no one talks to God. Like you, you pray to God. He does not talk back. Like that's not a thing. He doesn't have a voice. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, that's not real. But in my head, I was like, Oh no, he's talking to me. So this like, let's, this is a for sure thing I have to do. I'm totally fine with this. I'm doing my Christian duties. Like I totally got this. Like this is the happiest moment of my life to finally know what God had planned out for me. Like I got this and I'll just explain in the letters to my loved ones and they'll figure it out. They'll get it. Like this is what's best for everyone because I'm obviously not a good parent, you know? So this must be the answer. Like, this is it. Like, that's, I was just so happy about it. You had had like a revelation and. Yep. Yeah. A light bulb went off. I had a revelation and I was, this was it. This was the best thing for everyone in my entire life was to do this. And everyone would be, you know, better off because I wasn't meant to be there. And that's okay. Like, that's, that was my, that was my mindset. 
basically. And I think the part that just really, really breaks my heart is thinking about had you successfully gone through with it, had you taken your life and had they read these letters, like it, it's so hard because you know that so many people would have thought she was crazy. Yeah. Literally crazy. And that's, that's what really like makes me so upset for you because it's like, nobody knew the struggle that you were going through and all the stuff that you were dealing with. And then, you know, like there's, there's nothing for us to kind of connect those dots without you now being out of that situation and looking back on it to connect it for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can I ask you, have you, do you still have those letters? No, you no, re- I, I burned them um, a long time ago. Did you read them back though? Yeah, I did. And I just, do they make sense? Know, it, it doesn't, make sense when I read them now but I remember how I felt and it totally made sense to me yeah see and that's the thing is like I imagine had they found these letters it's probably a bunch of jumbled up thoughts and stuff and in the time you're like oh my god I'm I'm writing this great piece of work that's going to explain everything to them (laughs) and then you look back and and that that just shows you like the the mindset that you were in and oh so yeah this goes on for how long? Two, three months. Okay. Two and a half months. There it is. Yeah, two and a half months. And I'm, I'm right there. And I'm, we just did a lesson in my Bible study about the joy of life and how God, not, how God wants nothing but to like shower us and to love us and have us find joy. And I remember I'm like, this is so weird to me because my entire Christian life after I was baptized, I'd never, I'd always been told that God would never want us to end our life. Like all these things, like this is so contradicting in my brain, but I'm like, but I have God telling me to do these things because it's my plan. And I'm like, what do I do? And so I prayed about it and prayed about it. And I always got the same answer for some reason. I was like, I need a real sign. Like I just telling me that I have to do this. So I ended up fasting um, to get an answer. And I did it in a very unhealthy way. Um, I just literally cut all food out of my life. I only drink water. And by the way, if you're looking for spiritual guidance, please do not fast this way because it's not right. Um, and I woke up on the fourth day and I was like, I said a prayer before I got out of bed and I heard my kids starting to wake up and I was like, okay, like, Maybe tonight I'll I'll do it. And then I ended up getting on my phone first. And I was like on Facebook. And you know how all these articles and ads and whatever pop up on your feed. And then there was an article that was like, do you have postpartum depression? And I was like, what is that? Like who, no one in my life has ever talked to me about that. Like you heard about baby blues and you hear about postpartum depression because like one out of eight women get it. Like it's, it is common. It, yeah more common that you wish it was wasn't but I was like all right I'll click on it I clicked on it and I'm like literally checking off every box in the history of the world like I'm like oh my god I'm all these things and then I was like oh 
I am not like, I'm not supposed to do that. I literally freaked out. Like, I'm like, I'm not supposed to do this. This isn't me. I'm literally, this isn't me. This isn't God telling me like I'm crazy. And then there was like another article underneath of it. It's like, what's worse than postpartum depression is postpartum psychosis. And I clicked on it and I was like, what the F? I was like, like all of these things just happened to me in this moment. And I was like, this isn't me. Like I'm supposed to run away from this. Like this is my brain playing tricks on me with my hormone. I'm not supposed to do these things. Like this isn't normal. Like I can't, this isn't my plan. And I just like ended up like, just, I'm like, okay, I can beat this. Like I, I'm not going to die. Like, I'm not going to kill myself. And I still had those thoughts. I still still heard God's voice, but I had the power and the strength and to, the realization to, like, stare away from it. Because you realized and, it wasn't God's voice. Exactly. Like, I just, because I would hear the voice and I'd be like, nope, you're you're lying. Like, this isn't the truth. Like, I still had little conversations with him, which is, it's still weird, but. I knew I wasn't supposed to give in. I knew I wasn't supposed to listen. So like, like a week later, I burnt the letters while my kids were napping outside in our backyard. I burnt them and I never looked back and I still hadn't sought help, even though I should have, I didn't want to tell anyone because like, who understands all those thoughts? Like who would, who would get me, you know? So like all through this, my like husband doesn't know, like no one knows. And then I'm trying to get better by just reading articles online about like, if you feel sad one day or lonely, like go out and exercise. So I would run to the park and take my kids to the park. And like, I was doing all these things that would put a bandaid on how I was feeling and my thoughts. And I was just trying to push everything into my life and just trying to get my friends back because of course I distanced myself from everyone in my life. And I stopped, like I had the, a strong group of mom friends and I just, I never responded to their texts during those dark times because like they wouldn't understand if they started to hint at what I was going through. So I just, I blocked them all out of my life. So I started to like invite everyone over for play dates and just, I tried, I tried to be this normal person again and just like I ran from how I was actually feeling and what I had gone through, if that makes sense. Do you feel like looking back on it, that that was a, another manic episode, but with trying to heal? Yeah. Like you were just like, I'm going to do everything. Like your, your body could not do anything like half-assed because I feel like this mania that you had inside of you. And I feel like, you were just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run to the park. I'm going to eat healthy food. I'm not going to eat dairy because, you know, dairy is the evil of all things. And I'm <laughs> with my friends. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's like, you know, I'm glad that you were in a healing place that you were trying to heal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, it's, it it's still, still the same behavior. Place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I ended up connecting with this one woman who had dealt with depression, her almost her entire life and then had postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety disorder. And I ended up for this weird thing, just ended up spilling out all my guts to her. Like everything I just told you, I told her. And she was like, Oh my God. She was like, you need to get help. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like I am fine. Like 
like I'm better and eventually I'll get there, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'll eventually I'll be better. She was like, well, what if your husband were to die tomorrow? What, how, what state of mind would you be in? And I'm like thinking, I'm like, I'd probably go back to where I was. Like, I don't know how I would react to certain traumatic things. And she's like, you're not safe. Your children aren't safe. Like that type of thing. She's like, you're not healing like you should be. And then at that moment, I went to the restroom to like blow my nose because I had been crying. And she takes my phone and says, when your wife gets home, you need to talk to her. She's going to tell you something and it's going to be so scary for you, but you need to listen. So when I got home, he, he was, um, he was sleeping at the moment because I ended up staying out later than like we had thought I would be because I ended up spilling my guts to her. But I came home, he wakes up, he goes, what the hell's going on? I just told him everything. And that was like a five hour conversation. And I ended up getting like therapy help like the next day. And then I saw a doctor two weeks later and started my like hormonal treatment, like supplements and she took my blood work and she like mapped out all of these things and was connecting all of the dots. So my doctor and my therapist working together and my doctor calls me in to get my blood test results back. And, and she's like, when you fasted, of course you can't see my blood test, but after I explained my whole story to her, she's like, when you fasted, did you know it only takes three days for your body to like empty out? Like your hormones get lowered after you have had no food and like they resort to this, like, I don't know, like standstill point. So that's why I could grasp reality is because I fasted. Holy shit. Yeah. Like that, that's just, that's God. Like, and I, I don't know if you, well, you believe in God, but if like people are listening, like if you don't believe in God, like that's totally cool. But like, this is God. Like, I don't care what you say. (laughs) Like, like how, why would I fasted? Like, why, why was it three days? And I woke up on the fourth day and I found reality. And that's because like my hormones were not leveled out, but you know, as neutral as they could be in my state of mind. Can I ask you, um, what was your husband's reaction to you telling him? Um, that was really hard. Uh, he was crying. He was a mess because he had no idea. And he felt like he had failed me and like my family. It was really hard for him. And it still is because my youngest, he's, he's only a little over two. So, and this, none of this, like I didn't get out of my crazy state by fasting until he was uh 10 months old so this is all you know I just stopped therapy it's it's all very new and yeah he just felt like a failure and that was hard for me to see him like that it's been a lot um so your doctor starts to do hormone therapy with you you're seeing the therapist like do you feel like you have any more episodes after that or do you feel like you're just no after that 
after that, I was in control, but still just because anything postpartum, postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, postpartum anxiety or OCD order is a disease. It's not a disorder. So like people with depression disorder, like that's something you have to work through your entire life and things like that. But postpartum psychosis and all this stuff is a disease. Like it's in like a separate separate book. It's not a disorder. It's a disease. And my therapist like walked me through this because I'm like, what if it comes back? She goes, it can't come back after you get rid of it. Like after your hormones level out, after your chemical imbalances balance out and everything is normal again, it can't come back unless you have like another baby and like some like stuff like that. And she's like, all I have to do now is deal with how I felt. And because after, like who I was before this all happened was just a completely different person. So now it's more of just like learning who I really am and how this experience changed me. So I'm still not like to put back together anything just because it was so traumatizing and you know I can't even look at a gun without going into a complete panic attack and like having all those feelings rush my body and that's where I still have like PTSD from all those nights of just holding a gun wishing I would just have used it on myself so it's all that it's just healing now it's just like a process and like find to feel whole and trying to feel good again and where do you feel like right now you're at in that process like you're not as bad as you were but you're still not back to who you are yeah or who you were before I think I'm I'm good now like I know that sounds like weird to say but I just I feel okay with who I am and I'm just starting to accept like that experience changed me and I'm and I'm never going to be like that mom or that friend or that person ever again. Like how can I go back to being that way when, so now I've changed in the way I'm a mother for good. I'm how I'm a friend and I still haven't been able to like reconnect with those friends that I used to have. Like I still see them on a regular basis, but I still I can't bring those relationships back to life. And I think it's just because that was the old me. And I don't know if one day that'll change or not, but I just, right now, I, I know I can't be that person that I used to be. And I'm not, I don't know how they would handle it. If I told them why I'm not the same person I was before. But let me tell you something. So there's an old you and there's the you that you are now. And it doesn't mean that the old you was the right or correct version. Like yeah. now with where you're at and what you, you can't, you can't go through any tough experience and completely forget it. You can't be like, I completely forget what it was like to experience all of that. Like you are definitely yeah. a changed person forever from that. But from my experience and everything that I've ever dealt with is those experiences make you so much better. They make you stronger. They, they do change you, but I would say that the person you are now and the person that you're going to be six months down the road, a year down the road, two years down the road is going to be a 
better, more understanding, um, more adaptable person than the old you. And that's, that's huge. You know, like we, Mm -hmm. and, and it sucks. It sucks that you had to go through what you went through to get to that point. And, but, you know, don't think of it as like the old you was like the good you. I honestly yeah. telling you right now who you are now and who you're going to be is the best version of yourself. Yeah. And like through my therapy and stuff like that, like I've talked to all, through all of this and I dealt with like being angry at God and feeling robbed of like time period and, and grieving that like my children essentially didn't have a very good mother for a long time, like all that stuff. So I I know I'm a better person. I know I'm more empathetic. I know I don't take things for granted as much anymore. And like, I'm more patient and all these things. I'm just starting to feel, I guess, whole. And I'm starting to learn more things about myself. I'm learning how to speak up more because like not speaking up is what got me in trouble in the first place. And like, I'm just learning these things all about myself. And I'm not... I'm not grateful for what I went through, not yet at least, because it's still too scary to think about like a lot of stuff, but I know that like I'm okay. Like I'm gonna be okay. Like I have friends now that know and my marriage is way better because of it. Like they're all all these little blessings have come out of it and still just trying to make everything still see see the like the full circle of it all yeah and um and it's pretty amazing to see but but it's hard you're still so close to it in relation to time um i know from my own personal experience when i went through my darkest time you know the first year you don't think anything great And it wasn't until like, I was like 10 years out from that, that it was like, had I not been through that experience, I wouldn't be the person I am now. And the person who I am Mm -hmm. now is a, a much better, a much more empathetic, uh, a person who understands people who tries to understand people more. Um, and it, you do become thankful for it. And the other thing that I'll tell you too, that I guarantee will probably happen to you too, is when you look back at the time when you were in your darkest, you will you won't fully associate with it. Like you'll be like, I know I went through that, but it almost feels like it's someone else. And yeah. And so, so you have told a few people. Yes. Um, that was like part of my therapy, uh, assignments or tools and jobs that I had to do was I had to tell multiple people. So I would create a circle of my life to where if I ever had become pregnant again, which I still plan on having more children. It took me a while to get there. Yeah. But I just felt so undeserving of having more children. And that's why I never was like, oh, no, I think I'm done. But now I'm realizing that, you know, that wasn't me. I have to trust my body and I have to trust my circle of people that I have to like watch me. And like, I know I can be an even better mother to another baby. Um, like I am a better mother to my two children I have now. Like I know I can do it. And so I told people in my life to, so that they are more aware and they, they ask me the real questions and if like, they just know, and that's comforting to me and they don't judge me for it. And that's great. 
And you have to realize that like, and, and here's something that I've, uh, you know, with, with Christianity, there's a lot of people out there who are Christians who don't like to talk about this stuff because their thought process is, is, you know, well, I don't, I live such a great life and I've been blessed so much that I don't want to talk about this because I don't want to seem ungrateful or whatever. Yeah. But, and, I, and for someone like you who is very close to their relationship with God and with their religion, I would tell you, like, you have to tell these people, you know? Yeah. Because people need to realize that mental health is something that needs to be talked about a ton more. And yeah. And the thing is, is I also want you to realize too, that like, I don't want you to get to a point because like your doctor said, like it can't come back unless you get pregnant again, but I don't want you to get to a point where you hit a really intense, stressful time and mm-hmm. you start to get scared. You know what I mean? Because it, yeah. you, 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 you're better, but you're still in a fragile state. Yeah. You know, and don't, yeah. don't let it get to a point where you're just like, Oh my God, like I can't handle all of this because of this. Like you're, you're actually stronger than you've ever been before. Oh yeah. And I feel that way. I know like my family's going through a lot of changes right now. Like we're in the middle of moving and like, I'm okay with it. And a lot of people are telling me like my circle of friends are like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, how are you really feeling? And I'm like, no, you guys like this, I'm good. Like I get this, like, this isn't even that hard. (laughs) Like I've been through worse. So, um, I, I'm okay. And I know I'm a much stronger person and I, much stronger Christian my faith has never been like I've never been closer to God in my life like all of these things have just come to me and like I know I'm okay and I know I will be okay if that makes sense I think it's just just trusting my body and I know I felt betrayed by my head and my body for a very long time and I'm like in the past like three months I've been like no I'm okay like I have to trust my body and I I have to trust like my therapist or my doctor. Like I'm okay. If you could go back to, you know, your, you said it was around when your baby was four months that stuff started to really kind of go more haywire. What would, what would be the advice that you would give to yourself one week before that happening? Um, to speak up, to tell someone to go to a doctor because like, and this is another thing that I hate about like what I've come to realize it's like our medical, whatever insurance and our medical team, stuff like that. Like after you have a baby, you see your doctor once you see them at six weeks and that is it. And I didn't have any of these feelings. I just thought it was this normal feeling. So when they asked to be like, how are you doing? how are you sleeping? I'm like, well, I'm not sleeping. And they're like, oh, well, that's normal because your baby's only six weeks old. And you know, that is normal for a six week old to not be on a full on schedule to not be sleeping. So if you're not sleeping, that's why you're not sleeping. And if you don't feel good about yourself, it's because you just had a baby six weeks ago. So no one checks on you. No one at all checks on you uh, till you get your next pap smear, which isn't due for another year, you know? And, um, 
like that's just it no one checks on you so if no one is aware of things that can happen to your body who's gonna catch it like that's the thing is like I'm upset about that and I know I've I've been more aware and I've been enlightened through my thing that I went through so like my friends who have just had babies I make sure to pay close attention to them and to give them attention and ask them the hard questions because I know it can happen and I'm not an annoying person I'm I know my limits and stuff like that, but I just wish I would have told someone how I was truly feeling. And when I expressed to my friends how I was feeling, I wouldn't have sugarcoated it because if I told them, oh, sometimes I feel like strangling my child just so he would sleep. Like, I wish I would have actually said that to someone so they would have told me to like go get help. But I also think too, you have to realize that like, Things like this, like depression and stuff, has a really good way of protecting itself within you, if that makes sense. So, like, oh yeah, you knew not to tell anybody that because it was like they wouldn't. You, 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 you your brain tells yourself like they're not gonna get it. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why so many a... people suffer in silence is because depression has this great way of. And I mean, I'm talking about just depression because that's my only experience, but like yeah. what you're going through, it's, it has a really great way of protecting itself and keeping itself quiet from an outside source to kind of really pick up on it. Yep. Have you ever told your parents about it? Uh, my dad does not know uh, uh, yeah. because he would just worry more about me and... I don't want to do that to him. And I feel like he would take it the wrong way as he failed. Um, but my mom knows and she's great. And my older sister knows she's great. Yeah. I just, I don't think I could tell my dad or if I would, it would literally have to be in the therapy session with a mediator and my older sister and my husband, like I just, he would not handle it very well. And I, I don't think he would. And I don't know if I'm not giving him enough credit because we do have a super close relationship. It's just, I don't think, I think it would bring him a lot of grief and I don't want to do that to him. And that sounds bad. I, I feel like, but uh, I don't think I could ever tell him. I get it. I don't know. You're still figuring all of it out. And I think as time goes on and as you heal more and as you get to a place where you're insanely confident about who you are and what you've been through, I feel like some of that could change. Um, yeah. Like and I again, like that, that takes time. And that's where I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do the, I'll do this podcast because, you know, it can only help other people and I'm okay with telling perfect strangers about what I went through I really am I just am and that's where I feel like maybe one day I will change like you said and just be more confident in who I am because I am confident about what I went through and how it doesn't define me and how it was a period of my life and it has changed me and I, I get it like I I know that for a fact but I don't know if I could open up to the people some people who see me every day Famous people say like all the time, like it's so much easier to sing for an entire 
arena of people than it is to sing in a small intimate group for the people closest to them. And exactly. I get what you're going through. But I want I want you to realize I I do not know you and mm-hmm. I have so many feelings just talking to talking to you about all of this towards you and they're all positive and I'm so proud of you and I'm you know like I I think especially for someone who's never gone through something like this I can't imagine how overwhelming all of it was not just not just the psychosis but even the healing afterwards and you know like yeah, you're a super strong person and I think that you know you are a good mom and you you are an amazing Christian because of the fact that you were listening what you thought was the word of God so intently and like you're still so strong in your beliefs and I think a lot of people would have let that change them and I just I don't want you to ever feel alone and I don't want you to feel like you're not doing a good job because I think you're doing a really fucking good job (laughs) and you know I think moms need to hear that more Mm -hmm. um but uh, I can't thank you enough for allowing me to hear this story because like I said I told you I've heard of these stories before and Mm -hmm. just like so many other people I've thought of them as just crazy yeah it's so easy to when you're like on the outside of things and you know and and you know they are crazy they like mania is in a crazy state psychosis is you're in a crazy state of mind like that's literally you are crazy you're just medically insane like that's what it is you're not in a right mind but i know the journey like to recovery it's still going on it probably may never stop i don't know but it's just, it's frightening and shocking to be like out on the other side. But I know like I'm, I'm okay and I'm good and my kids are good and they're safe, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it, it doesn't stop. It literally like for the rest of your life, especially because, you know, you do have that PTSD of the, all of that really scary time and stuff like you're always going, it's always going to be there, but it's not going to be a burden. You know what I mean? Like it's going right. to be something that you're just like, there'll be something that kind of triggers you a little bit. And you're like, you know what? Like that was crazy, but it's also, this sounds fucking crazy, but it's also kind of nice because in 10 years you can be like, holy shit. Like I can't believe how far I've come. I can't yeah. believe where I'm at at this point in my life and how happy I am. And it gives you perspective. And, you know, when we, we've never had these hard times perspective like that really makes us enjoy the time that we're in. So here's the takeaway. If something doesn't feel right, tell someone it doesn't matter if being tired is part of having a new baby If you feel like you can't handle the tired, say something. It doesn't mean you are failing and it's not something to be ashamed of. It's not weak to ask for help in any situation, but especially when you've just had a baby. You do not have to do everything on your own. If you are struggling or going through a hard time, reach out and ask for help. I promise you, you are not alone. 
Thank you guys for listening. I will see all of you next week. Everybody has a secret.